Welcome, everybody, to Slip Angle Show, episode 27. I'm Austin Cabot. 27? 27? I know, man. It's oh, man. it's how old I am. That's man. like one for every year of my life. Jeez. It's pretty ridiculous. I'm, you're Austin Cabot. I'm Adam Jabay. Hi, Adam. Are we gonna? What's this show going to be? I haven't heard this one. You haven't. This is actually a show that I recorded when I was at Miata's at Laguna Seca. Uh, Greg and me, when we were at runoffs, was talking about Miata so much than how much he finally was respecting them. I decided to do a little bit of research and drove out from pretty much from Daytona, left from there, uh, went home for a day, not even 24 hours, and drove out to San Francisco. That's a long so, drive, man. <laughs> yeah, which uh, <laughs> listeners you know, know that I picked you up in L.A. We recorded a show there with the yep. now infamous uh, motorcycle flyby and the yeah. holy bleep. Yeah, that, so, that scared me quite a bit, actually, yeah, at the moment. I, I, I still get text messages about it, man. It was, it's, it was a key <laughs> moment for a show history. Yeah, I guess. We're going to have to start have to putting like show trivia together. Yeah. Uh, what, in what show was Adam uh, scared uh, to the point where he let out a loud expletive? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's, uh, what's sad, uh, if our new format goes according to plan, I think some people saw it on Facebook, uh, we're planning on putting shows out every Tuesday and Friday. Yep. So two shows a week, bringing more content than anybody else uh, with phones ringing and all of that yeah, jazz. Yeah. Chris Stewart's calling me. He wants okay. to talk about grid life probably. <laughs> ears ears are burning. <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, um, you know, we got some really, really good content. Uh, we'll be yeah, releasing the- two shows a week, uh, hopefully from here on out. Uh, I'm sitting yeah. on about 10 episodes right now. So Yeah, we uh, you, you banged out a lot. We banged out probably eight hours, six hours worth of the day I was in L.A. It was a, it was, it was a fun, uh, <laughs> yeah. fun trip for you, man. I'm finally home uh, three, a little over three weeks later. Uh, you know, we ran at Global Time Attack this weekend. Uh, we yep. ran the wagon in limited front-wheel drive because we did not have cats on the car, and I ain't no cheater. <laughs> so uh, I kept telling Jason I should just get, like, a stuffed cat and, like, zip-tie it up under the car so if they ever yeah, looked. Does like, the, Dude, do the rules cats. specify if it's a, 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 I think a they, catalytic converter? I, or? I don't know. I think it does spell out catalytic converter. But okay. um, Diesels Tony, don't have cats, though. The the, uh, the tech steward, Tony, that runs everything for Global Time yeah. Attack, out of he's uh, out of Phoenix, actually. Um, UMS Tuning. What's up, Tony? Uh, but anyways, uh, my buddy Joey Polito from here in Atlanta showed up in an FRS, uh, wanted to run street class, but he had taken the passenger seat out. So I was talking to him, and I was like, you know, man, the rule book doesn't say that you need to have like an OEM equivalent passenger seat. Why don't you take that folding chair that you have and just zip tie it in there? <laughs> and he did, and Tony let it fly, and he's like, dang it, I got to rewrite the rules for next year. Yeah. So. Yeah, that would be a passenger seat. Yep. So it, it passed, at least for that event. Oh, what uh, uh, this show that people are going to listen to, Miata's at Laguna Seca. How oh, many people man. did you talk to for this show? This was a great show. Uh, I have probably five, actually six people. So we're okay. going to hear a little bit from uh, probably from Tom Matano first, uh, yeah. who is the original designer of the Miata. Oh, cool. So he cool. goes about kind of his thought process behind designing the car and how he wanted it to be uh, essentially like a love story between a person and a vehicle. Uh, the key line to me was that he designed it to be that car that the last thing you do before you go to bed is just like open the door to the garage and peek in and tell it goodnight. <laughs> so which, I know that feeling. Yeah, it completely has it, it. Completely has that feel. What's yeah, interesting totally. to me though is that he says that he only expected it to get to the third generation. So oh, wow. the fourth generation was completely unexpected. That's cool. So and from there we went and talked to Rick Weldon, who actually uh, runs the event. 
Yep. So really, really interesting guy. We talked to him for probably about 24 minutes, 24, oh, 25 cool. minutes. Uh, lots of history there. Uh, we talked to Ken from Garage Star, about Garage Star a little bit. I caught him right after he got out of the K-Miata uh, and okay. a ride with David. Um, and then we talked to Justin Ross, who just won the TTE National, or sorry, West Coast Championship. Yeah. Um, you know, I the think NASA he, won by, he won by a margin of like four seconds, too, and a 1.6 Miata. So uh, oh, wow. dude can definitely wheel. Uh, cool. Very interesting character. And then we're going to go talk to Brian Goodwin from Goodwin Racing. Yeah, yeah. So have a little bit about on him, uh, talking about some of the new indie stuff that they have. And then special guest at the end, we have our buddy Matt's daughters, uh, Juliet and Elise. Um, oh, yeah. Who, I don't know if you, you saw the video, but some of our listeners may not have. We'll have to link it in the show notes. Yeah, the video made the rounds, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little girl riding her bike down the corkscrew at Laguna Seca. So. I think she was actually on, like, a trailer bike behind her yeah, dad. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It was like a, just a single-wheel one where the seat hooks up to the... Um, you know, to the seat post or the, yeah. the front of the frame hooks up to the seat post. So, yep. cool. so really that fun was a episode. Great video. Yeah. yeah. So it really was, it was, and it was crazy cause I'd never met Matt before. And then, you know, John Wagliardo knew him and he was like, Hey man, like, is it cool if we stay with my buddy, Matt? It's like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's so random. So Matt and his wife and their family were just so gracious to open up their, their home to us. Especially yeah, me. Like they didn't know me at all. When, when you were there, did it, did it come up at all that he knew me? Yeah. Yeah, he said you were his instructor in yes. NSX Expo. <laughs> yeah, or two NS years Expo, ago, yeah. sorry. In, in, at VIR, yeah, yeah, in 2013. We've yeah. talked about that a couple times. Yeah, on that's the, show, the trip you and, yeah. uh, and Brap went on. Yeah, yeah. And almost hit a bear. I almost hit a bear, yeah. <laughs> almost hit a bear, man. So, anyway, from, uh, from this, we'll go ahead and go ahead and get the show started. All right. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be listening because I haven't heard this. this All be right. Fun. Enjoy, you guys. We'll kick things off with Tom Matano. No, no. The, my uh, job right now is uh, executive director for the School of Industrial Design okay. at the Academy of Art University, San okay. Francisco. Awesome. The San Francisco is important. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a, a lot of history with the Miata, don't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was at the BMW back in 82, and uh, Bob Hall, that I've known him for a few years prior, called me up and said, we're looking for designers for the Mazda Studio in Southern California. Okay. So I said, well, <laughs> 20 below zero to go to work or <laughs> nice sunny Southern California. Yeah, right. So I switched. Okay. And I moved back to Southern California, Irvine okay. to be exact. And the uh, first project was the little lightweight sports car and the MPV. Okay. So those are the two they're working on. And then um, at the time it was like a tiny little office. I never been to automotive design studio. It was just an office. <laughs> so I said, "Oh no, I didn't check anything. I just want to get out of the cold weather." I just said, "Okay, it showed up. Yeah. What have I done?" Yeah, I just want to get out of the cold weather. But eventually, from that little place, they they build us a little studio. Okay. It's like um, you know the backyard special in a way. Yeah. So we had this little classroom they had for the training of the mechanics. Converted that to a studio. It's only like a one-car size studio. That's where we did the first clay model for the Miata. Okay. And uh, presented with fi fiberglass model um, in June, I think, of that year. Mm -hmm. Take it to Japan and present it with uh, 
to other vehicle from our headquarters studios. Okay. And we we knew predictably that Japan will do midship because front wheel engine front you know front drive move back behind the seats will be midship. Right. And then they will do a front wheel drive coupe. Okay. But they never ever gonna do never uh, did you know trans uh, the the front engine rear wheel drive like we want it. Okay. So we kind of knew, and sure enough, you know the other two are showed up like that. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, um, but you know, we we presented those three models and uh, door open. Everybody come in. They never gone to the other two cars, but everybody swarm around this one. So the director saw it and said, you know, they're a good exhibition of what design can attract people. Mm-hmm. So with that, and then um, engineering had a big issue with the engines because they all switched to you know side transverse mounted front wheel engine. Right. So, but they just decided, okay, we're going to build it. We're going to do front engine, rear wheel drive. And engine engineer said, do you know that means all new engine? Almost. Like <laughs> you can use a block, but oil pickup, you know, everything has to, right. to move around. But anyway, nonetheless, chairman made a decision. We're going to go with it. So that's how we got lucky to get it. Okay. Um, and then one big meeting. I didn't know how big it was. I was called in, and uh, I have a. We have a one question for you. Why the North American team insisted on front engine rear wheel drive? I said, Well, look, if you're kids, you know, when you're at school, you run around the track, an oval track or whatever. And coming around the last corner, you know, the four, or the horse racing or whatever, that, that hind leg kicking, mm-hmm. the, you know, the four legs are kind of balancing and turning the corner. Or if you're running, you feel it on their hip, you know, and just kind of dig in and last corner. To do exact that, you have to be rear-wheel drive. Right. Front-wheel drive is like a chariot. The horse is pulling you, but never feel the same way. Right. And then after the end of that, says, okay, we'll go for it. And that's it. Okay. Never a discussion on where the engines, where the drive is. Right. So, so that's how it happened. Okay. And that's like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 30 years ago when you were designing it, did you yeah. think that it would ever turn out to have the success that it has now? You know, the, the, I wrote the story to sell this whole thing mm-hmm. to the, the community back in Japan, you know, right. engineers and all. So I wrote it like love story. So, you know, you, you, you start noticing this car on a billboard or a TV commercial or whatever, and then eventually find out it's a Miata. So they go to the dealer. By then, you have some, you know, expectation of what do you feel or smell or whatever. Yeah. And go to the dealer and look at the car and open the door and say, wow, you know, it's more than I thought. And so kind of invite you in. And when you sit down and car fits you like, you know, you, you, you had a perfect fit. Right. And put your arm, and then the wheel's going to be there, and the gauges are right in front of you. Move your hand and, and then, like, move it naturally. Somehow your hands, you know, land on the gear shift. Yeah, just and, everything and, just fits and, like a and glove. Then turn the key and sound, and then goes, you know, like a first turn out of the dealer lot. Yeah. You start to feel the how easy to turn and all. And then on and on and on, but at the end of the day, we hope that you sign the check or whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah. So most of our product planning then was to, to that point, handing over the car and get the money into the company. Right. I wrote this stories beyond that. Say, okay, first day, what you do, you buy a car, 
bring it home. You take your family for a ride, or your girlfriend, or wife, or kids, or whatever, or your neighbors. But at the end of the day, before you go to bed, you're going to go back into the garage, peek the door, say goodnight to the car. You know? So if the car makes you do that, that's the design that's we the... wanted to do, right? Okay. And then the first day, second day, third day, go to work and or go to school, whatever, finding a longer route but more fun. Or you have to find a road with a tunnel so you can listen to your sound. Right. Or you can find a, a show window, the glass window, so you can reflect yourself onto it to see what it looks like. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all those things. And then, like, a month later, you have a weekend trip, and you take it into the mountains or beach or whatever. You saw a different reflection on the car. And you fell in love more and more each time you experience these different discoveries and different sceneries and stuff and then after three four five years whatever some cases your family you know you got a baby you have to sell a car or whatever it is the memory stays with you and 20 years later you want to recover that memory mm -hmm. by finding some old used cars right right and so that was the whole story of that full cycle and each one I had an action plan, like 20 years means, is there, is there a possibility the new sheet metal will be kept in oil can or something, you know, sardine can, mm -hmm. so you can bring it back <laughs> Refresh fresh, it. you know, yeah. no rust, so you can restore it, right? Yeah. So each one of those stories have an action plan, you know. So like, you, you've got a whole car stored away yeah, in oil yeah, for you, for yeah, later, for, right? For, not just for me, <laughs> but for everybody who right. loves the car, right? So that kind of story was never heard of in, so what do you mean, you know, you put it in, tw well, people love cars, you want to bring it back 20 years later. Right. So that was them, right? And then I saw, I wrote another one, like, if the car to be successful, and I look at all the, the, uh, the car books, there are a lot of Porsches, a lot of uh, Ferraris and so forth, but never... RX-7 had a, the owner's manual, you know, technical manual, but mm -hmm. never uh, any other books about them. Um, only other Japanese cars at 240Z maybe, but not many of them. So right. if we are successful as an enthusiast car, hit the people's mind, there will be more books in the bookshelves. And But to do that, we have to start one. So we, we, we published the first book, you know, the, the car came out and book came out, right? Mm -hmm. So that was one of the plans too. Um, and club is important to carry that whole camaraderie and friendship and kinship and all. We need to have a good club. So okay. that was part of the planning paper as well. And then I did the collector's guide for the Miata. <laughs> like, 1989, the first year, Miata came with these colors, these, you know, accessories, and how many being sold each, and a year goes on like that. And right. like year three, we had a special edition, da-da-da-da-da. So what it does was controlling marketing go crazy with, like a British Racing Green, sold so well, the 1,500 units, and they made another 15. So next year, they're going to do another one, just to get the easy 1500. I said, no, if you read this book, 10, 20 years later, Monster's greedy. They, they come up with another one the day, year <laughs> after that, and that's not, no longer a limited edition. Right. You want people to read that way or do it properly, wait till the next generation, then do a racing green, then it will be a tradition, could be repeated on every generation we make. Okay. For example. So I wrote that whole thing till third generation. 
but never a fourth. <laughs> yeah. So it's exceeded expectations yeah, now, so huh? They call me up, say, we're going to start the fourth generation. Do you have any idea? I say, well, I did the 25 years and three generations, but never ever thought of I'm going to live to see the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just amazing. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's really good. Yeah. And then the new one came out, as you can tell here. Yeah, it's still within the family. You know, it's not like own new car, different from others. Right. You know, sits there as if like they're the the same family. So, club will be intact. If that, you know, go away from the target, in all last 25 years of history, will be destroyed. There are so many cars been destroyed that way. Right. So I was so happy that. Uh, new one fits into that whole if zone. anything it uh, it kind of brings it full circle and gets closer yeah. to your your yeah. original Restarting, idea starting right yeah Re reset yeah <laughs> so it's it's come full circle now yeah, reset button so now that you know there'll be the fourth fifth and sixth and then the seventh generation will yeah. start over might, again might maybe right do the same thing yeah. but you know <laughs> at least now for the next five six years with a new chief designer who owned the na so he understood the whole philosophy, the, the you know what to expect, right? And then interpreted it into this modern way. So I think another couple of generation, I think, will be safe, right? So <laughs> they will certainly outlive me for sure. <laughs> well, I really appreciate your time, and on behalf of uh, you know myself and the rest of the community, yeah. just like to thank you for for what you had created. Oh, I mean, it's no. it's really. You may not realize it, but you've changed many, many people's lives. Yeah, you know, well, just changed through... mine too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, thank you, man. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. And from there, we'll go over to Rick Weldon, who has a lot of valuable insight. It's 19, racing Mazdas since 1980. Okay. And... Uh, I ran three endurance, 25-hour endurance teams for Mazda North America. Okay. And then after that, uh, in 2009, they were doing the 20th anniversary celebration of the car. And um, I, I know some people from Mazda, and I suggested that we do something with the Miatas here instead of they had another event scheduled for Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's a sports car. You know, it's a sports car that's one of the most – it's their biggest market, the biggest fan group is in California. So um, spoke with them. They gave us the track for a weekend in 2009, and then one of their people, one of their executives came to me on Saturday in that event and said, will you do this every year? So it's become an annual event. It's grown hugely. Uh, last year they came, I was living in New Zealand. Okay. And organizing this from New Zealand. They, uh, they wanted to do, it was the debut of the ND, the new model, 25th anniversary, and they wanted to do a new world record for the largest gathering of Miatas ever. So uh, it took a year of organizing, but we did it. We broke the world record. We had nearly 2,000 Miatas here. Wow. Um, on Friday, we did a giant, um, what do you call it, a, a giant pattern, MX-5, 25. Oh, yeah, with the, yeah. Yeah, that, yes, that was I've us. Seen we, that. we did that in four hours. Oh, wow. We put it together in four hours, and uh, there were 1,210 cars, I think, in that. Okay. And then on Saturday, we had... 1934 cars. Wow. That's so, just amazing. Yeah. This weekend, I mean, we've grown. We were a grassroots thing. We started out in, um, we were at about 400 people, about 300 cars every year. Did the world record last year. This year, we're doubled in size. We have over 800 people and 600 Miatas here. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a big event. Yeah, it's an amazing event. You know, I have never seen so many people in one place that are so passionate about one particular model of car. 
It's, it's, um, part of it is the Mazda way. It's always been uh, people who race Mazdas and who are into performance Mazdas, whether it was the old RX-7s for older people like me, the old RX-3. It's really come together in the Miata because it's a, it's a very user-friendly car. Uh, it's a car that everybody in every age group can enjoy. And what happens, this is one, we were talking about this earlier, this event is like, these people are become like a large family. And it's just growing. And what happens is there's one time a year they can all get together, see old friends, all the vendors. This is the one time a year the vendors were talking about it, too. When they are all in the same garages, they can say hi. They look down the garage, and they can see people they never see during the rest of the year. And everybody gets together, and we just enjoy the cars. Right. You know? So. Yeah, just it's an amazing community. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So now, do you have a, a Miata yourself? I um, I still have a race Miata that's, okay. that's stored here in California. Okay. Okay. A spec Miata? Yeah. Or? Uh, no, it's an endurance car that okay. we were building, um, full on twenty five hour car. Okay. And uh, been building it with my buddy, and it's now. It'd be like a, like an E three car, or it would be like an E three or an E two car, maybe okay. for the twenty five. We we're gonna put it a fuel cell with fast fueling and all that. So it'd probably be an E two car. Okay, uh, we're building on the the Colin, uh, the the Chapman lightness build in lightness. We make it very light, right? Uh, reasonably strong motor, but big uh, the biggest fuel cell we can put in it, and uh, just go for track time. Okay, you know? still running a stock BP motor. Or not stock, but a, a BP-based. Um, not, probably not a forced induction motor. Okay. Um, but uh, because, again, you, you, you increase horsepower exponentially, you also increase potential problems exponentially. Right. So uh, we want to keep it simple. Um, the Miata that I had, I had a, my own shop in, in Hayward for 30 years. Oh, okay. I was high-performance cars and Miatas especially. Okay. And the last... What, what was it called? PR Motorsports okay. in Hayward. It's still there. I okay. sold it to the young lady that... Uh, she's a, a woman owning a high-performance guy's car shop, and uh, she was for success. Yep, she was with me for 24 <laughs> years. She really knows it. And uh, but I built in the last two years, I built the, a car for me uh, with everything that we'd learned over the 20 years of being around Miatas and building them for other people. I mean, Olin's shocks, uh, an overbore motor that, you know, would rev nicely with, you know, the flowed head and, yeah, you know, polished rods and everything right. in it. And um, that car's here today. Okay. And, and uh, just the sweetest car you can imagine, but you can drive it on the street. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So as far as Laguna Seca goes, what's your favorite corner here? You know, I'm sure I, you have a lot of seat time here. There's, I do have a lot of seat time here. I've been racing here since 1984. Okay. Um, you know, someone was telling me, too, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but that back in the day, the track used to go from I've turn, raced, I've raced turn the old two track. and then just up yep. the hill. Yep. The, the old track... And I don't know if it's G-rated for your for your for your no, listeners, we're, but but we're this, this, not. <laughs> this was definitely a big balls track. I'll tell you because yeah. what happens? You came out of turn eleven, and it was this sweeping turn that went all the way up to where turn six is now, wow. with with some bends and kinks in it that you're going so fast they become turns, and you just have to cinch up the nut strap and go. And um, <laughs> it was definitely a horsepower track. Okay. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to drive that back then. Um, yeah, I've, I've raced 
since 1980. I was 1981 Rookie of the Year down in San Diego in Southern oh, really? California okay. and yada, 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 all that stuff. I've raced some pro stuff. And now in my older days, I just take people out for rides and, <laughs> and organize events. Yeah. You know, so. It's nice, relaxing, uh, nice relaxing way it to is. live. Yeah. So favorite turns. Um, for, this is a very technical track. Right. And um, there are turns that will reward you if you, if you really nail them. So for me... Uh, it's probably not a glamorous turn like the corkscrew. I'd say turn nine. Okay. Because if you do turn nine, it was I used to call it my moneymaker turn because yeah. um, you just have to be dead on. And if you do it right, you just make up huge ground on people. Yeah. Um, so that's my favorite. It's also the one that can bite you. <laughs> yeah. So. I've, I've seen some videos of, of that. I'm not sure yeah. some of our listeners have too. Yeah. Coming so down the hill. That's where... Um, where Keith from Fly Miata lost a. Well, he did. At he one did. Point, that was he? Uh, that's on a YouTube video, yeah. I think, and that's that was brilliant driving on Keith's car. Yeah. Keith part. And, you know, I've got huge respect for Keith. He's a uh, little story about you know. So you know Keith Tanner and, and right. everything. So Keith, um, here's a little bit of history, and I don't know if I'm going over on time for you, but oh, no, you're fine. Um, I was working with Flying Miata way way back when um, and then they wanted to do there was a, an event called the Open Track Challenges seven different tracks in seven days I don't okay. know if you ever heard of similar it similar to like one lap of America but similar but, but in different. one week okay. and um, like we raced at Sears Point uh, or no rather at Thunder Hill one day and it was run on a, like a Formula One qualifying thing so you go you run you get your best time you pack up you get in the trailer and you go to the next track okay and how well, you it, ran at the last one is how you no it's just not gridded it's not a wheel to wheel race okay. but you're all out there together so you wind up racing against each other but it's all on timesheets <laughs> okay and but the thing is it's it's also endurance so we loaded the trailer at Thunder Hill and drove to um Buttonwillow okay you know uh that's that's a long drive yeah you know and so we were uh, there were tracks in in Nevada there was Pahrump in Nevada Willow Springs Buttonwillow um Sears Point Sears wasn't on uh, Sears was not on the list uh um Thunder Hill I mean it was just it was nuts okay yeah so um it was just really really interesting so yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it would be a very interesting and fun week. Yeah. And so by the end of it, you're probably just wiped out. Yeah, you're wiped out. And that, that's how I met Keith. I first okay. met him doing that. He was crewing with Flying Miata. I was the driver. And we ended up being roommates and driving a, the support truck. And so, we, you know, you're hours and hours and hours in the support truck. You get to know each other. And then Keith came up to uh, Thunder Hill for another event. And I had a track car there. And it was Keith's first time in a track car. It was my Miata. Oh, wow. And uh, I have huge so respect. Before, before. So you before, were there at the beginning. I was there when Keith first set foot out on a track in, in my Miata. And wow. uh, so I've, I've, got, I've watched you, him. Look what you've created. Yeah, I've watched him grow. And like I said, I've just got huge respect for him as a driver and as a builder. I mean, he's just, he's, and he's a good guy. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Awesome. And we're fortunate enough, like uh, you uh, interviewed Tom Matano earlier. Yeah. So Tom comes out to every one of our events. Tom's a dear, dear friend. He comes out, he goes for rides, and he's super supportive, and he's just, he's got Miata in his blood, yeah, too. Yeah, he's very, very passionate. Yeah, you know, I was is. talking to him earlier, and, and I, I had to thank him because he, he's changed my life, yep. uh, you know, having yep. owned a Miata in the past. and. Yep. He's changed a lot of people's lives, yeah. and I don't think he directly realizes that. So, there, you know, the thing is, spending any you spend any time around Tom, I as an event organizer, as a builder, uh, with doing stuff, I've spent a lot of time around Tom, and I've learned so much from him. Uh, just the way he does things, 
the way he thinks, uh, the way he works with people. Uh, he's just a great mentor too. He's, right. he's, he's an amazing guy. So. Yeah. Yeah, and he, I mean, he, you can tell that he loves being out here with everybody. He does. He does. So, he does. Yeah. Okay. It's not just his, the car is his baby, but it's, it's, you know, it's now, it's graduated to being such, it's what he dreamed it would be. I mean, it's the number one production selling sports car on the planet. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, how cool is that? And so. it's funny. I was actually, I was talking to him and he told me that he never expected it to get, you know, he kind of had a, a lifespan planned out for it yep. and he thought it would get to the third generation, yep. but he never expected the fourth. Yeah. Well, his, his mantra was a timeless design. Right. And, um, he had no idea how truly timeless that design ended up being. Cause I mean, like we're, we're sitting up here in the suites and we look out there and we've got the ND, the 2016 car, which is gorgeous. Yeah. I don't know if you've driven one yet. That car, that car did don't drive it because no, you're going to want one. one you're going to want one. I mean, it's just, <laughs> they did. It's like they listened to everybody, every enthusiast, um, and still made it just so beautifully civilized to drive on the street. But right. it's, a, it's, it's not a race car. It's just a beautifully balanced sports car. Yeah. You know? and, but, yeah, so we see them all mixed in, and it's, just, it's great. It's really cool coming out here and seeing so many people that all share the same love. And, yeah. you know, it's one thing, you know, if it would have been a meet, like, in a, a parking lot or something. But to have it at a racetrack and yeah. have people out on track, yeah. um, you know, it's just, just amazing. Um, what percentage of people that you know sign up for for the track usually experience their first track day ever at Miata's of Laguna Seca? They're, they're Miata's of Mazda Raceway. Oh, sorry, that's all right. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> um, so I would say, well, the, right now we were just as we look, um, the people that bought my car from me are here. Okay. And Karn Knight is the is the husband and wife. He was in C Group yesterday with the car, and she's her very first day ever on a track. She's out here in oh, wow. D Group with the car learning. So I would say we have um, in the D Group probably 50% of the people in the D Group have never driven a track day before. Okay. I mean, we, we attract a lot of new people, and we have instructors. You know, you get like right now, this is uh, the lead follow thing. They've got an instructor with their students behind them doing, you know, the, the ducks in a row thing, right. um, teaching them the line, getting them comfortable. Like here's a group right here going by right now. So you got the instructor and there's what four cars behind him mm-hmm. and everybody's learning. So, um, it's very instruction focused for the entry level people. And we try to make it as fun as possible for the more experienced people. We now we've got a race series for licensed race car drivers with log booked cars, um, that we're doing an, ex- an exhibition race. It'll be this afternoon. Okay. And, um, they're here to have fun. They're not racing for a trophy. They're not here to win money. They're here to for the pure joy of being out there, which people sometimes forget. Right. You know. So. Right. Now, for for our listeners that might own a Miata and thinking about maybe coming to the event and maybe looking at getting into doing track days, uh, what's the best advice that you have for them? Um, what I would do is uh, read up on it as much as possible. For the track events, to get on track, we have certain safety requirements. Those are posted on our website. Right. Um, there are Lesher Motorsports rents cars. Okay. Um, he's got several cars for rent. Those are, those are obviously compliant. They're full-on race cars. So you can actually rent a car if you're coming from far away and um and do the track days there and and that coupled in with that you've got the experience of somebody like ryan lesher to be extra instruction for you right but um the biggest advice is make sure your car's safe okay um and and learn the learn the basics learn flags 
you know, be ready with the flags because it's there's a lot to absorb. And um, coming out here and learning the flags and learning the line and learning the procedures all at one time is a big load. So try to try to get the flags in your head. There's my car right there, the number red number 51. Okay. And that's that's Karn driving it. Okay. So and you can see it's an NA. Yep. You know. So um, yeah. So just just do that. Make your car safe. It doesn't have to be a rocket ship. Right. The biggest variable in the car is the driver. The driver. The nut behind the wheel. The nut behind the wheel. You got it. You got it. Yeah, you know, we, we have a, a lot of um, a lot of listeners that, you know, are very experienced in track days. Yep. Um, but the biggest thing that we find is that a lot of people think that you need tons of things done to your car to go get it on track at a track day, which is absolutely, at least in my opinion, is not the way to go about things. I'm going to tell you a story. Um, and again, you can edit this stuff out. But <laughs> I was, I, I instructed for SCCA back when in my early days as well. So I've been instructing forever. Um, I was instructing for an SCCA event uh, to get people licensed, and a guy shows up with this car on a trailer. I didn't know what it was. I'm a car guy. I couldn't recognize what it was. And I'm like, what is that? And he says, can't you tell it's an MGB? And I'm like, <laughs> what MGB? It was like something on steroids and everything. And he says, look at the taillights. It had MGB taillights. That was it. So I said, what do you have under the hood? Oh, it's a twin-turbo V8. You know, I'm making like 600 horsepower and the car weighs whatever, you know. So in the, in the sessions, his wife was timing him and all he cared about, he was a student, he was learning to drive, all he cared about was how fast he was going, lap times, everything else. And, you know, he would, you know, piddle through the turns, I'll say the word pussyfoot through the turns. He'd hit the straightaways and it was like two black streaks and then he'd, he'd piddle through the turns again. So eventually, uh, what I did was I said, okay, here's what's going to happen. Your wife is going to keep your times, but you're not going to be able to see them. The rest <laughs> of this weekend, it was a two-day thing. The rest of the weekend, at the end of the weekend, we'll, we'll analyze your times, and we'll work on your smoothness. So what happened was we worked on his smoothness. His lap times kept dropping and dropping and dropping yeah. and dropping. At the end of the weekend, I said, the nicest, the best thing you can do for yourself, this, this is dating myself, this is pre-Miata. So... I said, the best thing you can do for yourself is put that thing in the garage and then go out there and buy yourself a Datsun 510, yeah. a 510, and get out there. Sorry. Um, get out there. There's a radio. They're, they're oh, yeah, talking okay. anyway. So get out there with a 510, and I said, learn to drive. Learn to carry speed because that's, that's what makes the Miata so adorable is right. you can carry speed with it. I said, learn how to be a good driver first. Forget the horsepower. Um, and get yourself a 510. I said, that's the biggest advice I can do for you. Um, and like three years later, I was walking through the paddock, and this guy walks up, and he hugs me. And I'm like, he's like, you don't remember me, but I was your student. He says, I did what you suggested. And I says, I never stopped racing the 510 because it was more fun. I've become a better driver, and it's, it's real. It's not this raw horsepower thing. So what I would say for your listeners is, so often, people try to make up for driving ability with horsepower and stuff. Right. When if you have, there have been times that I my car's normally aspirated with the overbore. It's maybe a 1.7 liter normally okay. aspirated Miata that I drive here from home. It's got uh, RA Toyo RA1 tires on it. It's got Olin suspension. We got good suspension. Right. Nice brakes. Spending there, money where, it, where it's most where important. It, where that's right. And this car is so beautifully balanced. There's times I come off the track. I have I can't tell you how many times somebody comes over and they want me to lift the hood because they want to see which turbo package I bought. <laughs> I said, I don't have a turbo. 
They're like, no. And I lift the hood and they see this stock, or, you know, this uh, normally aspirated engine. And it's because the car carries speed. Right. You know, that's the deal. Right. So. Yeah, you know, my Miata, um, I didn't have ABS. And so I actually learned to carry a lot of corner entry speed, uh, mainly because I would lock the brakes up and just release and throw it into the corner and hope yep. that it stuck. Yep. And it did. Yep. You know, but it, it's so forgiving to drive. Uh, you know, ju they're just absolutely amazing. I love the fact that you drive your car to the track, though. You yep. know, there's a lot of people that start off that way, and then they get into a truck and trailer, you know, myself included. Yep. Um, but it's so nice. You know, I don't have the truck and trailer anymore, but it's so nice just to be able to drive to the track. It's so much more relaxing. It's fun. Um, yeah. It's part of the fun, you yeah. know. Um, I'll, I, give you a, I'll give you a, a, an instructor's tip on braking. Um, you know, people, what happens is as you come into when you when you, you obviously have high-performance pad like a Hawk or whatever. Right. So what I'm an engineer as well, okay. besides being a racer. And I experimented with this when I, I raced a, it was an IMSA GTU pro car and all this kind of stuff. And we experimented with braking. And I used to be able to outbrake everybody or a, a lot of people. And one of the ways that, one of the things that I learned is work with the brake pad coefficients, coefficients of friction. And by that I mean that there's experiment with this. Come into a turn at reasonably high speed Hold a gentle but not increasing pressure, just a gentle just pressure, a constant pressure, and watch what happens. The pads heat up. They start to bite better. You're actually, your actual braking increases without you having to increase pressure. Oh. So you wind up not locking up as much. Okay. So what you get is a nice, you know, you think of the old eggshell on your, on your brake pedal thing. Right. Smooth, gentle, and what happens is your braking coefficient goes up as the heat in the pad goes up at each turn. And you wind up not locking up brakes. You wind up braking better, smoother, and later. Right. You know, so. Okay. That's, yeah, uh, I think I'll try that, and I'm sure some of our listeners will, yeah, too. Yeah. So along the lines of brakes, too, I know there's a couple places on the track here, like turn four, where you really don't even need to brake, like just a little no, lift. No, turn, turn four, it's, uh, it's again, <laughs> we talk about balls a lot today. Um, <laughs> turn four, once you, if your car is properly set up and properly balanced, and again, it has to do with the horsepower to weight ratio and everything else but typically if you if the tires are hot the car's set up right um for me it's like a fourth gear run uh from three to four and just carry the speed you know and just work on it what you can do um at turn four if you have a like i've done it with a lot higher horsepower cars so you can't quite where your my grip wasn't where uh even with the horsepower, right? What you can do—I don't know if you ever use left foot brake. Yep. Um, so what you do is you do a little bit of a light stroke of left foot brake, and what that does is at that at the right spot, it actually rotates the car and adds a little bit of. It slows you down just enough. Don't lift; just a light left foot brake, uh, just to stroke it. And it, what it does then, it puts the weight plants onto the, front the it a little. plants the front, and it plants it on the tire you want it planted on, which is the left front. Right. So that's now the car and the suspension are set. So that then you can feed back on and okay yeah, yeah awesome the other the other tip for a lot of people I see they'll change their throttle position in a turn find a place where you can leave the throttle position because the car's suspension is designed to take a set and when it once you you get your turn in set start accelerating get the suspension to set and then use your exit you know we call it the clipping point or exit point but let the car come out and don't lift. Because right. you're you're upsetting your suspension. Yeah. Um, even even light modulations, you just find that that perfect balance. I keep saying balance, 
of you know carrying speed through the turn. Yeah, so. and that's where the benefit of you know driving a slow car or slower car helps. Yeah. You know, my my Miata taught me a lot and made me way faster driving you know anything else. Yeah, uh, mainly because you know corner entry speed, but yeah. also to drive the Miata fast. At least what I found was that you really have to get on the gas pretty soon. Yep. So what I would find would that be that I could brake. In a straight line, you know, I, I stopped yep. trail braking as much in the Miata because I yep. wanted to be on the gas sooner. Yep. So I'd brake in a straight line, turn in, and start feeding it gas. And Feed it gas. Before I even got to the, you know, before I even got to the apex, I was full throttle. That's where you should be. And I like to call it a, a, call it a slingshot. So, you know, I'm, I'm using that acceleration to use the grip on the outside tires and use up as much grip as there. Yep. And just slingshot around. And it was, it was fast. And that taught me so much. Right on and the And that's button. where the Miata... You know, is so beneficial. That's why so many professional racers still even just enjoy getting out in the Miata. Yep. And it's not so much challenging other people, but if you challenge yourself driving a Miata or any slower car, yep. you know, it, real, it will make you a better driver. So. It, it, absolutely. You know, it's, I would, I much more enjoy driving a car, you know, we use the word slower, but a less, a lower power, a less powered car, a lower powered car at its limits. I right. love driving a car at its limits. So if you have, I taught for two years here with the Ferrari club. I was their chief instructor. Okay. And the limits on a Ferrari out there are <laughs> very uh, high. <laughs> they're very high. And the consequences for bending it are very high. Right. Um, with a Miata, you've got a car that's very forgiving. It's, um, and you can, you, you've got less power, you've got less everything, but you can drive it to the limits and you can find out what you can hone your driver skill instead of just driving something that makes beautiful noises and goes fast. Right. You know, and what's great is that the car can be entertaining from the beginning of your driving career to the end of your driving career. Absolutely. And you know, it's just it's a it's a phenomenal vehicle. Yep. So, Absolutely. Well, we we appreciate your time, Rick. Thank you. Um, where can people find out more about uh, about Miatas at Mazda Raceway? It's, uh, and... Miatas at Mazda Raceway. www.miatasatmazdaraceway.com. It's an annual event. It's usually run September October every year. Our signups for the track day, um, we had, we publish it well in advance. Um, the signups. All signups for Saturday and Sunday sold out in the first 24 hours in February oh, wow. for this event. Wow. Um, the C&D group sold out in three hours. Wow. So that's, we, yeah, the, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Last year when we did it, um, we had to actually change our server because it, the people, the people were waiting with the, at the button. They crashed the server. So this year <laughs> when we had signups, um, we had more capability there. But, yeah, it's uh, C&D group sold out in three hours. Uh, the whole event sold out in 24. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. so much. It's been great. Take care. Thanks. Bye. All right, everybody. I'm here with Brian Goodwin from Goodwin Racing. How's it going, Brian? It's going really good. We've had a fantastic weekend. We're here at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. It's the once-a-year all-Miata event, and we've got four cars, three drivers, and hundreds of Miata fans here to enjoy the weekend, drive the track, and have a great time. It is an awesome event. This is my first time here. Um, I knew it was going to be awesome, but I didn't expect just how awesome it was going to be. So uh, we're standing in front of uh, your new ND right now. I actually saw this outside the banquet last night, too. Um, what do you guys think of the new chassis? Love the new car. I think they did a great job on the new car. It really is a return to the flavor of the original. It's almost like they kept making the 1990, except they made it better and better and better each year. So if you can imagine the 1990 with continual improvements for two decades and then some, 
Well, that, that, that would result in something like this car here, I think, because it's actually even shorter than the original car, and yet it's got all the modern updates. It's got a much more modern engine, whereas the, the early cars, you really had to keep them on full boil to drive out of a corner hard. The new Sky Active technology motor, real torquey, nice, fat, flat torque curve such that from 3600 rpms this thing's got torque like we never dreamed about in the <laughs> yeah. early cars unless we strapped on a turbo or a supercharger yeah so we're out here this is we're standing in front of our street project nd our race project nd is out going around the track at this moment and i just had it out earlier and i can drive out of turns in fourth gear in the nd because of the torque where in an earlier Miata, the NAs and the NBs, I would have had to grab a higher gear and really be buzzing the motor to drive out of those same turns at the speeds we can do in the ND in fourth gear. It's just, the torque curve is just so broad and so usable. It makes you can focus on your line. You don't have to be constantly keeping it on full boil at 6,000 RPMs to get out of a turn. It's, right. it's, it's a joy to drive. Yeah, and the thing, from what I understand, is a, a rocket ship for a Miata. You know what? We're talking zero to 60 in less than six seconds, and it's, uh, it's fairly quick for, for what it is. Yeah, it, it, you know, there was a lot of controversy in the forums early on. People said, well, with that low a horsepower, there's no way it's that fast. And it, the answer is it's about the torque, and that there's just so much torque everywhere that this car can drive out of a hole in the way that the earlier cars just could not do. Right. And as a result, it's, it's a real fun toy, not only as a daily driver or autocross toy or track toy. Right. Now, obviously, as a you know, as an aftermarket part supplier and developer, um, there's a lot that uh, that can be done. What are some of the projects that you want to talk about that uh, that are on the table? I know there's probably some things that uh, that you don't necessarily want to talk about at the moment, but yeah, a lot of the stuff we can already talk about. This is the street project. This is really my wife's car. Okay. And the, and the funny bit about this car is it's it's the platform for developing what I call the wife-approved projects. Because <laughs> a lot of the Miatas are either owned by the wife and the family or or the husband is uh, trying to sell the modifications to the wife. And my wife really is the ultimate <laughs> gatekeeper on what ends up on this car and what does not end up on this car. So if it's too rough too loud she says take it off and uh, that was real successful for us with the last platform the nc platform and we developed a line of springs and sway bars and other goodies for that car that folks could put on their regular daily drivers and have a lot more fun have a faster car but a car that wouldn't beat them up on the drive to work each day during the week and a drive that you know and a car that wouldn't make their ears bleed in terms of the sound of the exhaust etc so this has got our roadster sport super q exhaust it's a high flow unit but it's our quietest muffler it's more sound than stock but it's not that much more sound you know 10 15 percent more sound than stock depending on whether you've got the baffle in or out this has a set of coilovers in it, a set of test RSR brand coilovers that are uh, with relatively mild springs for a set of coilovers, six kilogram in the front, three and a half kilogram in the back. It's okay. got our caliper upgrade in the front brakes. It's got uh, an inch wider wheels, our 949 racing 17 by eight wheels instead of the 17 by seven stock wheels. And Emil that's about Emilio it. did a nice job with those. 
Yeah, Emilio always does a great job <laughs> with his wheels. We're a proud seller of uh, the 949 Racing 6UL wheels, and we've got them uh, in the 17.8 on this car. We've got 17.9s coming for our race car. They just okay. didn't make it for this event. Okay, awesome. Um, what are you guys doing um, as far as uh, suspension-wise right now? So we've got our Progress Sway Bars, which are real popular for the NC platform. We've got them in prototype on our race car ND that's going around the track right now. Okay. And those are essentially done. I'm real happy with the balance. And we'll probably have those uh, shipping to customers in another month. And uh, we've got our progress springs in development okay. probably going to be the new year before those are finished and will be on this car the, okay. uh, the street nd okay awesome yeah so pro tip for all you married listeners out there uh brian at goodwin racing's uh, definitely watching out for you <laughs> <laughs> so awesome well where can people find out more about goodwin racing goodwinracing.com and uh, you can drop us an email from the site or pick up the phone and find our phone number there and give us a call all right well thank you so much for your time anytime have a good one appreciate it I'm here with Ken from Garage Star. We're out at uh, Miatas at Laguna Seca. How's it going, Ken? I'm doing good, Austin. I'm doing really good. Now, you guys work on a lot of Miatas at Garage Star, don't you? We, we do. We make and manufacture and design uh, products for the Miata. Okay. And awesome. uh, actually, the RX-7 now. So, oh, the FD RX-7 okay. we've been uh, doing some development on. So, that's something future plans to develop more product for. Okay. Awesome. What kind of products are you guys making currently? Uh, we do stuff from, you know, uh, cosmetic all the way to performance stuff. So, you could have, you know, a nice... Radiator cooling panel, uh, wiper cowls, and other accessories like that to to fender braces, to door bushings, to differential bushings, stuff that'll still make the car go fast and uh, also look good as well. Okay, awesome. Now, do you guys have any uh, any new projects that you're going to be working on here soon? Yeah, um, we we picked up a 2015 uh, NC Club, so we have a lot of stuff that we're in development right now because now that the ND has uh, gone down in price, or I'm sorry, the ND got released, the NC has now gone down in price significantly. You could buy an NC for $6,000, same right. price as you could buy an NB for. Right. Uh, and a lot of people are starting to track them. We do a lot of track days with Roadster Cup in Southern California and, and Speed SF up here. You're seeing more and more and more NCs on the track. So um, we're going to, we have a whole line of uh, performance products for the NC. And then in two weeks, we start development on products for the ND. So okay. we have our hands full. Okay. Do you guys already have an ND? We have a car that we sponsor now, so okay. they're going to bring it up to us for uh, for two to three weeks and let us just go to town on it. So okay. uh, they're actually going to borrow my personal NC <laughs> During, while, while I borrowing. take their ND. So it's going to be they and it's that funny. Seems like a, a good trade on your yeah, side. Yeah, definitely a good trade, and it's funny because we track a lot together. And I'll track their ND, and they, hey, let me drive your NC. All right, you go have it. I'll go. I'll go have fun in your ND. What are your driving thoughts on on the ND? You know, I assume you've had a little bit of time behind the wheel of one. Yes, I've had. I had some time behind the ND. I I actually really really like the ND because it's lightweight. The only my only thing that I didn't like is the feet, the steering feedback. That all in all, that's that's it. Okay. Um, but the car is really really set up well and the car that we sponsor is pretty set up well uh too and uh we were at auto club speedway two weeks ago and i did uh, one and a half seconds faster oh, wow. in the nd than my nc wow so i was like all right maybe i should go get one <laughs> yeah awesome well we appreciate your time ken uh yeah. where can people find out more about garage star uh, well austin you could go on to uh garage for to 
to find all the other products that we're working on, check out our blog, Instagram at Garage Star, or you can even check out our Garage Star Eats uh, <laughs> and follow that if some people okay. are interested in seeing what we eat all the time, which that seems to be like the, the cool thing lately. <laughs> so, yeah, you can follow us in those those places, even on Facebook if you search us uh, on Garage Star. Okay. Awesome. Well, well we, re- we really appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Austin. Thanks so much. Yep. Hey guys, I'm here with uh, Justin Ross at Miata's at Laguna Seca. He is actually the current pole sitter uh, for the race, right? You're on, yep. you're on pole today? Yep. Awesome. So you want to tell us about your, your little 1-6 uh, car, too, whipping up on yeah. all these other guys, man. So we took a... Ken from Garage Star was gracious enough to give me a shell a couple years back. Um, go ahead and, and built it up from there. I had a spare 1-6 motor from a car that I actually crashed. Okay. So we did some work on that and did just your basic intake exhaust and some fiddling with the stock ECU and pulling great numbers out of it and built a competitive car for TTE. Just went with the lowest weight we could possibly get okay. for the car. And that's all points-based, too, right? Yep, yep. points-based okay. car. Okay. And it's it's counted up the points right and seems to be working out really well. Now, Ken was telling me that you won the TTE uh, West Coast National Championship here at Laguna Seca this year, right? Yep. Yeah, we went through an adventurous weekend. We ended up crashing the car on Thursday, <laughs> um, straightened it with a truck and a pole, and realigned it with go, some, man. Yeah, realigned it with some that's, string. That's the way to do it. Went out, and we ended up winning by four seconds. So. Oh, by four seconds in yeah. E? Yeah. Holy crap. That's and like... Then, that's that's pretty that's pretty crazy. We would have we would have ended up. What you what you end up running? Uh, we ran a forty five zero. Okay. One forty five point zero. Okay. Um, it would have been fast enough for pole as well for PTE. What tires were you on on that uh, build? Toyo RRs. Really? Two hundred five Toyo RRs. Wow, that is flying on some RRs, man. Yep. So holy it's, crap! Car seems to be set up well, and, yeah. and driver seems to be able to stick it to it. So how many years have you been uh, tuning that chassis? Uh, that chassis, if, if I count for my street car now, I'm four years. Okay. So that, my particular race car now, I have, this is the second year for the car. Okay. Um, a lot of things carried over from the street car to the race car. Right. But uh, it's, it's yeah, we're four years now on the same motor, so I've gotten to learn that motor really well. And, and you're telling me it makes a decent amount of power, too, just yeah. with some bolt-ons. Yeah, so we were running an <laughs> intake out the bumper. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but it's it's right out the bumper with a velocity stack. Uh, we run stock, stock header with an exhaust, and... Uh, stock header with an exhaust and we're making 119 horsepower and 114 foot pounds of torque oh wow at 11.6 afrs that's... so we have it detuned a little bit yeah that's so. pretty strong for a 1.6 man yeah. can't complain yeah so next year we have plans to build a new motor for next year and hoping to get more towards the 130 number and 120 foot pounds of torque out of okay. a stock 1.6 maybe do some one 143s around here that would be that would be <laughs> nice i'd like to to take emilio's record away from him yeah so. I think that'd be <laughs> what what is the record currently? Uh, the record right now is a forty four three. Okay, so it's so, really not that far out. Nope, I think I think with power we can get there. Yeah, we're on a cooler day. Yep, on a cool, <laughs> yeah, cool day with some nice stickers, we yeah. can definitely get there. Yeah, so awesome. I think it would work. Awesome. Well, where can people find out more about you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Justin Ross. You can add me through there. Also, Instagram at uh, Justin Ross forty seven. Okay. Find me through there. You can, anybody can contact me, message me. I'm pretty open. I don't have a particular fan page or anything. So okay, I just run everything off my my normal pages. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Anytime. All right. Good luck with those 143s. Thank you. (laughs) All right, guys. I'm here with Juliet and Elise. You might recognize Juliet from her video, Juliet's Wild Ride, uh, taking her bicycle down the corkscrew at Laguna Seca. Hi, Juliet. Hi. How are you? Good. So tell me about the video. Uh, It looked like you had a lot of fun. Was it a lot of fun? Yeah. Yeah? What were you thinking? It was...
has been fun. Yeah. So did your dad have you do that, or did you want to? What What were you doing? Well, I was riding in the half bike with my dad. Uh-huh. And I was going down the court stool, and I was really excited. Okay. So, yeah, you had a big, big smile on your face. Yeah. So? Daddy, we're going to crash. <laughs> and now you've, uh, I think it's been picked up everywhere. It's been all over the internet, and you had an article, right? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time. Hey, Elise, you want to come over here? Okay. Here, let's talk about your video real quick. Okay. So, what do you think going down the corkscrew? It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's but, pretty steep, right? But I wasn't the one who was like, "Ah, Daddy, we're gonna cross." <laughs> I was like. This is not. Well, that's because you know what you were doing. You weren't scared, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. But I heard I I met one man who saw my video and he's like, and he's like, you should have been funny. <laughs> Shame on you. Oh no, that's not very nice of him. <laughs> I know. I knew it was just a joke. It was a fun time though. But right? he he wanted me to make him laugh. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much for your time, and we'll be looking for your next book. Okay. All right. Thanks, girls. Well, that's it from Miatas at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. I think we got some really good content from some of our guests, and I want to thank each one of our guests personally, and I know Adam probably does as well. Right, Adam? Yeah, that, uh, that's an event I wish I was at. I was running, you know, organizing the grid life track portion of our last event of the year. Man, I was longing to be at Laguna Seca. What an awesome track. Well, Mr. Calzada says we are likely going back next year. That's so. what he that's what he said to me. And our event isn't going to be that same weekend. So oh, it's going to be perfect. Yeah, I might I might be there. So yeah, so for anyone listening, uh, definitely check out Miata's at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. Definitely an event worth going to. Um, you know, we'll be there next year. Hopefully, you guys will be as well. So and yeah, if you like the show, uh, like us on Facebook and uh, leave a comment in iTunes. It always helps uh, helps boost the ratings and and all that you know fancy internet stuff that we really don't know about. Yeah, and if you uh, if you enjoy it too, share it with a friend. You know, if yeah, you just definitely. share it with one friend and get them to listen to it, uh, we can double our listenership if everybody uh, shares it with just because, one. Because you're the only ones listening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate you guys listening, and uh, yeah, it uh, it's uh, that uh, Miatas at Laguna Seca, uh, definitely an event to check out. Yep. So, well, anyways, I guess we'll sign off here. So, thanks so much, guys. <laughs>